0: A listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne around town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Kutcha Vaktel, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. One of the most anticipated restaurant openings of the year recently happened. That's Voudemond, which is the Melbourne fine dining institution on the 55th floor of the Rialto building. Broadsheet national editor, Michael Harry, recently dined at the new Voudemond, and he's here today to give us his review. So let's talk Vu. We both were lucky enough to eat there post-renovation. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk through the experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty special to be able to go to the 55th floor of the Rialto and experience it. the views. I mean, the views at View.
0: I had kind of forgotten just how magnificent they were and the elevator opens up and you walk through and you really do have these 360 degree views.
1: Just going up in the elevator takes about five minutes. So you're really going high.
0: I got lost in the elevator. I know that sounds ridiculous like <laughs> you can't, but because they program it up to the 55th floor. So I somehow ended up in a mezzanine area. I was like, I hope I finally get to the restaurant. But I think when the doors open up, you think to yourself, why don't I come here more often for a drink? Of course, you can't go for one of those meals all the time. It's a really special occasion restaurant. But the bar is so unbelievable with the views that. I I thought to myself, I'm going to make more of an effort when there's visitors in town to go up for a special drink on the 55th floor.
1: This is the main thing that they've changed is Mm. the bar, the Louis Bar. They've spent several million dollars refitting the restaurant. And it's probably been quite overdue. I think they moved in in 2011. Mm. So maybe ha- it doesn't look too different now, but they've really done a big spit and polish and updated everything, especially in the kitchen mm. and in Louis bar. So they've ripped out all of the kind of dated furniture and it's now like super slick. There's this round granite kind of Starship Enterprise bar. It, it used to be kind of quite inward facing. It was. And now it's really embracing those views, which is, you know, a no-brainer.
0: Hugh was on the podcast a few months ago to talk about the changes that they were making. And he did say that the main dining room, the changes would be a bit more subtle, but that it was really the bar where they needed to radically overhaul the positioning, the furniture, and just the sense of it. And you really do get a sense when you walk in, as you said, beautiful large bar. And he said, it's also not quite finished yet. They're still waiting on a few chairs and stools to come in. So, but it's almost there, but it, it's very loungy. Like when I walked in, the, the sun was still shining and it had a specific mood, which was actually quite, you know, light, joyous after work, mm. kind of a fun little thing to do after work before you head home for the night.
1: Sophisticated, leather mm. lounges. But yeah. then as
0: the night, as I left, it had become much more loungy with mm. the kind of dark light. So it, it kind of, I think, can operate in a few different spaces.
1: It's going to be fancy date central, let's yes, be honest.
0: Yes, very much so. And, and the perfect, I'd recommend that if anyone is planning a dinner, come early so you can have a drink in the bar. I think that's a really lovely way to start the evening. Definitely. So, so look,
1: it, it has risen in price but only by $10. So the, the menu is $360 ahead. And look, I think it's worth it. Mm. Totally. I mean, it, it is expensive, but when you look at these massive um, flagship Fine diners overseas, it's actually a bit of a bargain.
0: Yeah, I I think it's a very special restaurant in Melbourne and in Australia. And yes, you are going to either have to save up or think to yourself, this is a little bit of an investment. But it's a meal you won't forget. One of the things before we get to the menu as well is the service is you know next it, level. Next level. Mm. I mean, you're honestly treated as if you are a five star VIP, no matter whether you are or not. They're so focused on making sure the dining experience because you are spending this money is like they don't want anything to be missed. They want to make sure that you have the most glorious experience from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave. They're very, they're very focused on that. I think with every single table, every single person. For
1: sure. I think they take a leaf out of that the bear songbook. If you've seen episode seven, season two, it's it's they Google the guests and they know everything about you before you've arrived. I mean, I think they do that kind of thing. And yeah. it's it's very yes, chef. I can imagine them having these briefings beforehand. We've got so and so coming in on such and such table. Like there's nothing left to chance here. Yeah. It's it's flawless.
0: They know that it's you're there because it's your birthday or that this person has planned this for you because it's an a special occasion and they will make. A deal of that. Now, when you walk in, of course, it's all very calm. There's an open kitchen, but it's not very, yes, chefy. It's very much like... Like dancers on a stage. Yes. It's a little ballet scene happening in the centre of the room when you've got Hugh Allen, who is the executive chef there.
1: And a massive babe, let's be honest. The yeah. hair. It's he's like he's Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. How?
0: And he's, and he's young. He's he, about 30. Yeah, he's a star chef and someone who also I think has been really keen to make sure that Voudemont didn't stay in the past. And I think he was very focused on making sure that these changes are not just, again, to the menu, which we'll talk about, but that the room feels like it was polished and made more contemporary. But They also paid a lot of attention to the lighting and the way the food is going to be photographed by people and put on social media, which I thought was it was pretty clever because you can create these beautiful works of art in the kitchen and they go out to a table and this happens all over Melbourne and all over the world. And you take a photo, which a lot of people want to do, and it goes online and Mm. it just doesn't capture just how magnificent the colours were or the structure of the dish or how yummy it looked. You know, you could have had the most delicious food and it looked that way in the restaurant, but on, on Instagram it looks a bit sad.
1: Yeah, they really are thinking about that. If you look in the kitchen, there are these kind of circular mirrors above the cooking stations, kind of like a dentist or a sur- like a surgery. Yeah, um, and so the world's
0: surgery. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so they're looking to make sure that what what's on the plate. Sort of, they're almost looking at the final photo in the mirror above mm. of what people are going to end up posting, and, and they
0: then, will. And then they the dish arrives on the table, and they they're kind of spotlighted. You yeah, know? it was a bit of a joy to take photos. I thought, I'm not and I'm crappy at taking those photos. Like, like oh, I can
1: take a good photo. Like, somehow
0: my phone always gets in the way, and there's a massive shadow where no one else had the shadow. The but
1: hand shadow where you get the phone in it. Oh, They made it easy for you. Mm. Let's talk about the new menu. Obviously, they've updated the space, but they've also significantly updated mm. the menu. But that said, there's a lot of kind of uh, rusted-on regulars that go to View de and he was telling us, you know, th- they want to see certain things. It's yeah. a little bit like Shut up and play the hits. Like there are uh, certain marks that he has to hit, and he does. So there's yeah. there's an amazing wagyu, for example. There's a, a show-stopping dry ice billowing thing that comes out with a mortar and pestle, and you pound it up. How did you a, go with a the mortar cleanser? How
0: did you go with the mortar and pestle? Because I think I was just a bit weak and sad. Whereas the weak person, and I, sad, as in I just kind of like I just feel like everyone else got theirs really, you know, knocked in fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you, was the last person to be served my ice cream because they were like, I think you just need to like go a little bit. <laughs> Bit harder. Whereas, Don't be
1: afraid. You're not going to break anything. It's it's, it's yeah. My um, dining
0: part. The person who was sitting opposite me was just like ready to go and just like <laughs> pound, 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 and knew exactly what he was doing.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of exercise in the middle. That's in the yeah. middle of the like some about eight, ten courses, I think.
0: Yeah, and yeah. also this dry ice gets poured in each dish, and it ends up spreading out over the table like some sort of misty. It's a pretty incredible and theatrical experience. It's not even one of those things that just kind of happens in your plate mist goes over the entire table
1: yeah and you're you're freezing watermelon and hibiscus this time but I think what you freeze changes over the years and and it's a new flavor there Mm. but there are lots of dishes we can talk about do you have any other or standout
0: favorites oh my gosh there were so many Mm. I feel like I'm really bad at making these choices let's maybe go from beginning to end It starts with the radish soup yeah yeah which was beautiful and the kind of thing that's become a bit of an Instagram star.
1: Well, it sounds like it's going to be a bit like meager, like radish soup, you know. But it's, it's and he had told, it's chilled. It's like this, um, almost like a new take on a gazpacho, um, dotted with beautiful oil, and it comes out in this bowl surrounded by crushed ice, and it's just um, this glorious kind of refreshing it's a nice jolt way to, to the palate.
0: It's nice. to it's a nice way to start. When Audrey, our uh, Melbourne food and drink editor, asked him what is she most excited about, he'd said this radish soup and. <laughs> We're all like okay, the radish soup. But, it sounds like a ye oldie, t- go, like times. But it, <laughs> but it makes sense when you see it put in the on the table in front of you. Mm. I loved what came next, which is this beautiful little avocado tart, mm. which looks like a little star filled with green, and then you kind of look more closely into the pastry, and there's these very delicate sheets. I actually said to Hugh, I'm like, what are they? And he said, they're avocado. but they, they look like something else. Like little
1: rosettes yeah. of avocado. And it was very umami, like single bite kind of canapé, as a lot of restaurants are doing now, starting with these
0: snacks. Didn't anticipate the flavor explosion.
1: I think my probably my favorite of the whole meal was the caviar. I mean, come on, how bougie can you get? But it was so beautiful. It was... um this incredible spoon of caviar in a macadamia sort of cream, almost like macadamia mayonnaise, if you like. Mm. Um, And then there was like a kelp, sort of sea kelp salty oil. Mm. It was served in this sort of egg.
0: They're dinosaur designs, little vessels. So it looks beautiful to begin with. And then you open it up. And as you said, there's kind of this pot of caviar macadamia gold. Mm. I agree with you. I think it was my favourite and the one I'm thinking about the most and the one I need to get back to eat immediately Mm. also what i loved about it is it's one of those things where you think it's only going to be one spoonful but because it's rich you actually get a few spoonfuls of it it was simple but it was kind of mind-blowing
1: so it started with those snacks and then Mm. it uh, moved to the marin, which is Mm. also a view signature but it's been remixed here you get the beautiful western australian marin tail with uh a vegan exo sauce this time. Mm. So it's like this tangy, kind of funky Asian sort of style exo that you you dip your marin tail in. And then you get the follow up, which is the rest of the marin, sort of served like a chow and mushy custard, like mm. with a bit of an almost Japanese vibe this time. Yeah. With the meat sort of blended with capsicum, eggplant, and nasturtium this time. Sort of like a marin curry. Yeah. So that was a real one two um, pop. Mm. Yeah. And of course, they do lovely little tricks like, Hugh came to our table and took us for a little tour of the kitchen and then on the way there was a little stop of a station which was a jam donut station. This isn't just us getting this. this no, is no, 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 everyone. Everyone gets this. And what a nostalgic kind of thing to have. That you was have really a little, clever. Like a jam donut ball which is piped by this charming pastry <laughs> chef who's chatting to you and, um, you know, it was a Davidson plum inside. Like mm. it's quite sour.
0: Vu's very good, I think, in the past at doing – a kind of nostalgia, Australian nostalgia play. And for those who remember or were lucky enough to go, there was a play on the Bunnings sausage, which was, again, mm. one of my favourite dishes of all time. This time you go in exactly as you mentioned, it's kind of the beginning of the dessert the dessert portion of the <laughs> evening. Yeah. And there are these little donuts, and you get to choose between a jam, which is either sweet or tart, mm. and that's the, the Davidson Palmer's tart, and then I think a strawberry gum. It was
1: strawberry gum. It
0: was sweet. Yeah. And then you get to choose your exterior. Again, the group I was with was all having conniptions because, you know, you can go sweet on the inside, sour on the outside, or you could do too sour or too sweet, or then sour on the outside and sweet. And, of course, everyone was having – well, no, again, I was having decision issues, so it was someone else. Um, but
1: No two people having the same one.
0: Well, the pastry chef in the end said that he really liked sour and sour. So three of us went sour and sour, and the person who'd gone first with the sweet was like, Damn it! But I mean, <laughs> they were. All, I mean, either way, you're going to win. Yeah. yeah. They were all. They were all delicious.
1: Yes. Yeah. If you still have their legendary, incredible cheese trolley, which you pass when you walk in. It's like this glass box of joy with all of this beautiful artisanal cheese, all from Australia. They're absolute knockout cheeses. I mean, a lot of people think the finest cheeses are French or Swiss or whatever, but um, these are all made in Australia and just wild and wacky and some are spicy and some are like super blue and cheddars and crumbles and like you get a plate and you can choose what you want or you can put it in the hands of these incredible stuff
0: yeah which is fun to do i think putting it in their hands let's finish with the classic the one thing that has not been changed or that you know hugh says is the constant and that's the
1: chocolate souffle the chocolate souffle yeah, I mean, come on. I mean. Who doesn't love? I
0: don't even really know. What, a chocolate
1: souffle. Like,
0: what can you say about it? No, it was it's so. like
1: exploding out of the little ramekin. Yeah. It's quite large. And at the end of this many courses, you're like, I don't know if I want to eat a chocolate <laughs> souffle. But it's it's so light.
0: Yeah. Again, it's not just like the souffles put on the table. There's this, you know, dollop of.
1: It's like cream. a Billy tea is the flavor. It's a quite intensely flavored ice cream that they drop. They yeah. must have like practiced on hundreds of yes. soufflés to drop this quenelle of ice cream that sort of dive bombs into the top of the souffle yeah. and melts inside it. Like, and like, they must have practiced that so much.
0: Yeah, it, there's a lot of, it feels it's like there was elegant, some science some yeah. science behind it as well.
1: Yeah. An elegant dollop.
0: <laughs> now, did you get any of the pairings? Because I had the, they do a tea pairing, which oh, was awesome. really, really interesting. Mm. Uh, and I kind of, I was with the tea pairing for half of the meal and then I started getting really jealous of the non-alcoholic pairing that a couple of my dining a whole, companions. whole other thing. Yeah, they came over at one point and he, they were talking about this beautiful like macadamia milk kind of mango thing. And I thought, look, I really love the tea, but can I please have one of those? I want one of those. They sound so good. And I think I ended up having like a couple of glasses of that and then kind of moved off into that stream. Yeah. But, but the wine pairing uh, looks pretty spectacular.
1: Oh, yeah. It takes you around the world. It was some beautiful Australian drops. French champagne, mm. Spanish reds.
0: And then ends with the, well, at least on the night I was there, and ended with a fortified wine from this very well-known winery in South Africa.
1: So. Delicious. Yeah. You can, The microphone's picking up my stomach, rumbling. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I <laughs> guess the one thing to mention about the meal is it takes quite a long time you yep. could fly to Bali in this time. Yeah, <laughs> it was six six hours.
0: <laughs> on the night.
1: I don't know. I think maybe it, it might vary slightly. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think like ours was a touch shorter, and I know that you were kind of there as a big group, which maybe. But mm. it, it is you are settling in, like this is not somewhere if you are planning on just a duck in, duck out three hours. No. Yeah. This is your this is your evening planned, and and again you can even elongate it as we said with a drink in the bar first. But that's what makes it so special as well is. You basically kind of enter into a world for several hours. It's an experience. It's not just a meal. You have really kind of come in and gone out through several hours of getting to know the people serving you and you've had conversations wide ranging with the person, people you're eating with because you literally are there for so long together.
1: It's a journey.
0: It's a bonding experience. What kind of recommendation would you make to people about going, you know, for what occasion or what time? What, What would you say to them?
1: Well, another thing that they've changed is there's only one sitting on the tables. So yeah. they used to kind of try and do a double sitting on some of the tables, 6pm till 8.30 and then mm. 8.30 till midnight or whatever. But because of this time thing, you own the table for the night. So, yeah. you know, a sunset,
0: kind of arrival, yeah.
1: drinks and a special occasion. You're not just going to go on a casual Tuesday. No. It's This is one to plan ahead. And I think that's reflected in it's quite hard to get a booking, mm. especially now it's been rejuzhed. Yes. Keep an eye on when the bookings come out mm. and get your clicker handy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll but, look, around. you know, it, weddings, parties, anything, anniversaries. Yeah. yeah. Pay rises. Pay rises. Potentially. <laughs> it's one
0: of those. And, and as I said, I really think you want to, you don't want to kind of go and get with straight into the restaurant. I mean, you can, and that's great, but you kind of want to sit in the bar and just admire the view for a little bit because it's, so beautiful. I think that was what was nice is I got there at 6.30 and got to basically, I watched the sunset, which was, even before I'd hit the table, I was like, well, this is one of the best nights of my, of my year so far.
1: Yeah, you highlight know? of the year. Yeah. Apparently it's amazing when storms roll in as well.
0: Okay, so winter would be good too. Anytime. Okay, Michael, while I've got you here, I just thought we'd do a quick little update on a very exciting super cool little move that is that is happening with one of our favorite sandwich spots.
1: Yes, Stefanino Panino. You may have heard us talk about it on the podcast yeah. cuz it's a fantastic little panini bar um, that's been in East Brunswick since July 2022. Mm-hmm. But it was sold the building, and it's going to be turned into apartments. That classic East Brunswick story. Yeah. But they're trading up, they're upgrading, and they're going to Collingwood Yards, which is where Hope Street Radio is, of course, and lots of creative happenings. Yeah,
0: right, and right near Smith Street, Johnson Street. It's a, it's a great locale. We're excited because the Broadsheet office is so close. It's very close to the office. Yeah, dangerously so, close. So. For those who don't know the spot well, like what are the kind of sandwiches you're getting there? So they're all
1: in this beautiful panini, which is like a ciabatta from Natural Tucker Bakery on Nicholson Street. It's stuffed with just a variety, an array, a cornucopia of delicious Italian small goods, basically. Salamis, prosciutto, Mortadella. Mortadella. But they're just uh, about a dozen beautifully considered combinations.
0: Yeah, I feel like they do the Italian ones well. Then they've also got your tuna, like mayonnaisey tuna sandwich.
1: They've got some mayonnaise adjacent sandwiches. They've
0: got the chicken, which they you love, chicken. Mr. Chicken Sandwich Man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chicken and a tuna are the, are the key mayo ones, and they've also got one called the Aussie or Australiano, I think, which is
0: ham, cheese, tomato, mayo. Rocket. They're all good. You kind of want to go through the whole menu, I think. Mm. So, when are they opening in Collingwood Yards? They're opening at the end of
1: November, the last Saturday of November at this point. So, this year? Uh, this year, very soon, pending all building and council. But it's going to be quite a slick uh, little bar and spilling out onto the courtyard. So, it's more than double the space. Before, it was almost like a little tiny little stand, mm. like adjacent to an art gallery, and people would spill onto the road. Uh, and it's going to have a coffee machine for the first time, so it's a little coffee bar scenario. And they're hoping to get a liquor license, so there'll be wines and beers and such coming soon.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, do you think currently is there a wait when you go in in the East Brunswick one?
1: Look, they sell out. It, I think it opens at eleven, and it's sold out by two usually, if not before. Okay, and so, so they've been selling about two hundred sandwiches uh, per session, mm. and they're hoping to at least double that, okay. so up to four hundred rolls. Per day.
0: But I still feel like we're going to have to get in early. Like, kind of need to be there at, yes. you know, between 11, 11 30 if you want to be safe.
1: They had their closing party last weekend and they were selling $13.50 paninis across the range. I think they're normally about $16 to $17. Yeah. Um, and there was a line around the block. People can't get enough of these paninis.
0: I know. We're, we are very lucky. I feel like there was, you know, if they were going to pick up and move, like, you would be, I feel like you'd be a bit shitty if you were a Brunswick <laughs> East resident and you're like, damn it. I've lost yeah, this great place. We've lost was, our sweetest
1: peach. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But there's another one kind of closer to there called Spazio Paradiso, which is, is very much along the same lines, which is um, on Nicholson Street in Carlton North. So they can go there.
0: Okay. They can go there. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Pleasure. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. Listener.